Buenos dias, senorita. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Oh, look at all the people. And welcome to Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. Hey, Michael, mi amigo. Pay attention, it's show time. You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. Let's go back in time when turtles roam the sewers of New York. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror, the black in the And knowing was half the battle. Yo, yo! It's time for Saturday Morning Rewind. Hey, Toonsters. Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind. Uh, this episode is going to be a little different from the usual ones we do. It's not going to be an interview with a voice actor, but... Without this man, Disney would not have been the same. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. The interviews with Disney legend Rolly Crump. Uh, Rolly was involved in some animation from Peter Pan, Hunter One Animations, stuff like that. Um, but the parts that I really love about Rolly, his career, he had a huge part in the Haunted Mansion. He was creating the Museum of the Weird back before Walt Disney passed away. Um, fortunately, it was scrapped after Disney passed, but we talk a little bit about that. And he had a huge part in the Chanted Tiki Room at uh, Disney Parks. So without him, those two attractions would not be the same. And I, I truly thank him for that because both of those attractions are are, are two of my favorites. And uh, it really just was a blast talking with Rolly. He's 85 years old now. He tells me some amazing stories about Walt Disney because, as you guys may know, Walt Disney is, I wouldn't say idol, but he is the person I look up to. He's the person who I would love to meet, living or dead. You know, he's, yeah, I, I, I just can sit and talk to Rolly about Walt all day if he allowed it. But uh, before I go on, I want to plug his book. Rolly has a book that a uh, friend of the show, Jeff Heimbuck, helped create. It's kind of a cute story. That's the name of the book. I'm going to put a link of it on our main website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com, on the front page there. I'm going to put an Amazon link on there, so truly, you guys really need to check it out. It's it's a great book. He tells a lot of cute, you know, you know cute stories. Uh, if you want to know the behind-the-scenes of Rolly Crump and some Disney stuff, go check that book out. Again, it's SaturdayMorningRewind.com. And also on there, you can find all the um, links to our Facebook page, our Twitter page, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and please remember to uh, keep bringing those positive iTunes reviews. It always helps us out quite a bit, so thank you so much for, for those of you who have done that. But uh, here we go, my interview with the one, the only, Rolly Crump. Oh, and just as an FYI, uh, you'll also be hearing Marie, his wife, on, on the interview because Rolly is hard of hearing, so she's on the line just in case he didn't quite hear the question so she can relay it. But I do kind of involve her in the beginning of the interview, so you'll be hearing her as well. And she's great also. So thank you for coming on, Marie. And uh, yeah, here's the interview. Enjoy. Turning back now. 
I was talking with Jeff Heimbuck, your your friend, Jeff Heimbuck, last week, and he was telling me that you guys have a great story about a picture that's hanging up in your in your home there, of uh, where was it? Um, Is it the Adam and Eve? No, let me. See. I wrote it down. Let me see what it was again. It's of the World's Fair, and I, I believe you got Marie. Are you in that picture? Yeah. Oh. Oh, you, you know what he's talking about, Roy, the, the photograph of the tower? Yeah, which you oh, in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, uh, well, you know what, to tell that story is really Marie, because yeah. it's her story. Okay, Marie, yeah, I'd love to hear that. Well, we, the photo, Chris, um, Rolly's son, came to the house a couple of years ago. They were talking about doing a reproduction of the Tower of the Four Winds, at the Disney Museum in San Francisco. And so Chris was getting involved in that, and he brought down this photo and laid it on my dining room table. And he and uh, Rolly were talking, and I walked by, and I looked at the photo, and, of course, the tower. And and then in the foreground, you see some people, and I thought, good Lord, I think that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I had been to the fair in 1964. Um, I'm from New Jersey, and we moved to California in 1965, but we did go to the fair in 64, and I, I'm positive that's me in that photograph, and the photo was taken by uh, the Disney people because it was in their archives, and that's how Chris got it. So anyway, I guess Rolly and I were together long before we even knew each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys meet? Oh, that's another long story. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can tell you best. I don't okay. know. Um, I, I was married and moved out here in 1965 and was fortunate enough to get a job at the studio. And I became friends with a gal that worked there as well. And she and I became like sisters, and we were friends for 30 years. Well, when I first met her, she had broken up with um, someone that worked at Disney, and that was Rolly. So they had broken up, and but they were friends at that point, and I met Rolly a couple of times uh, on the lot, on the studio lot, when we were be out walking around or something. Tina introduced me to Rolly. So fast forward over 30 years, we would bump into Rolly every now and then or hear about him or know about what was happening in his life, and um, but we never really saw each other. And then um, Tina, the gal, the mutual friend, passed away. And I was living here in San Diego, and I read in the paper that Rolly was having uh, a gallery show in Oceanside. I live in Carlsbad. And I wanted to tell him about Tina. Tina had passed about three years before that. So I decided to go to the gallery and tell him about Tina, which I did, and um, the rest is history. And that was 11 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, That's a beautiful story. Yeah. Okay. Now, Rolly, there's one person who I've always been in love with since I was a little kid, and that was Walt Disney. Yeah. Can you just tell me a couple of your, your best stories about Walt Disney? I would love to hear them. Oh, guy, it goes on forever. <laughs> I can talk forever. I, I, no, 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 really. I think the best stories of all, <clears> or <throat> story, is that 
I didn't, when I first went to WED, and I'd sit in meetings with Walt and all the other guys, and almost for two years or three years, and I just sit and listen. Uh, I didn't really participate that much unless I really had something to say. But what I did was I studied Walt, and I studied his body language and everything. And what happened was I, I slowly but surely felt comfortable with him because he was very comfortable to be around if you spent time with him. And so it got to the point to where I always looked forward sitting next to him. And whenever the meetings were over with, I wasn't afraid. I felt comfortable enough with him to uh, ask him questions that weren't pertaining to necessarily what we were talking about. But anyway, what would happen is if we had a meeting with Walt for a couple of hours and then he got up ready to leave, and I wasn't sure of maybe what the positive line was that he was trying to get across to us. <clears throat> this this wasn't every time, but every other time. So I'd grab his coattail when he'd get up, and he'd turn, and he'd say, yes, Roland, and I'd say, <laughs> would you run that one by me one more time? <laughs> Excuse me. And he um, and said, I'd be glad to, Roland. And so he'd take me through it shortly, and I'd get a strong feeling of the direction he wanted to take, because sometimes you could, you could get confused exactly of the direction he wanted you to take. And then sometimes I'd say, well, and he'd look at me and say, shit, I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, we got we got into where <clears throat> we had comfortable conversations with each other. And because of that, I, that was what was so special about him, was I always felt comfortable with him, and I think he felt comfortable with me. Because I do know I heard some things after um, he passed away of things that he had said about me that I didn't know about that was very special. In fact, his brother Roy came up to me, we were having a brunch at uh, the 33 Club after Walt passed away, <clears throat> and Roy came up to me, and he shook my hand, he said, are you Roly Crump? And I said, yes. He says, well, my brother used to talk a lot about you. Oh. Said, oh wow. Yeah, so that was that was very special, because, you know, you never think that <clears throat> he'd ever talk about you if he wasn't in a meeting with yeah. you. And so I heard a couple of other stories along those lines that really made me feel good, and I do know that we did have a good connection. We really did. Very comfortable with each other. In fact, when I was on, I was we were in Stanley and Tower of the Four Winds when it was built, and they were going to take some pictures of us. And Walt says, well, we have to stand here and look like we're talking. And I said, we're supposed to be talking while they're taking pictures? He says, yes. I said, what are we talking about? He says, anything you want. It doesn't make anything. <laughs> picture and I said oh okay thank you so that was the conversation while we were having our pictures taken (laughs) nice now tell me about when you first met Walt Disney okay well this was kind of cute when I first met him and I invited him to work for WED uh, he came up I mean I came up to where he was and I shook his hand he shook mine and, and he said Roland it's it's nice to have you on board. And I said, Mr. Disney, thank you very much. And he said, no, Roland. He says, it's Walt, not Mr. Disney. And don't you forget it. So I said, okay. <clears throat> so I remember that. Well, he called me a lot of the meetings that we were in, we were in to begin with. <clears throat> he called me Roland. And then one day, like about three months later, he called me Owen. And I thought, well, that's weird. <laughs> well, then it dawned on me. <clears throat> that there was a writer that wrote a lot of the scripts for the live-action pictures, and his name was Owen Crump. So he uh-huh. got a with that. <clears throat> but I, I became all, uh, <laughs> Owen for a while. And then one day in the meeting, he called.
called me Orland. And I don't know where Orland <laughs> came from, but, but it's a nickname <clears throat> that was given to me by a lot of the people that I worked with, and they used to call me Orland all the time. And then finally, <clears throat> the best one was we were in a meeting on the Haunted Mansion, and I was sitting there with Yale Gracie, and Walt was talking to both of us, and he said, <clears throat> Now, Yale, I want you and uh, what's-his-name here to work on the museum. And anyway, I became what's-his-name. <laughs> So I loved I loved that, and uh, I talked to his daughter about it one time, and she says my dad always had trouble with names. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah, we had great times. And then, sadly, of course, we lost Walt Disney in 1966. Do you remember the last time you talked to Walt? No, I don't, because <clears throat> he came over to wed on a couple of occasions that uh, I sat in on meetings with him. But I, but there was no conversation that I was involved with him on. But I did remember <clears throat> that he didn't look good. I remembered his eyes looked terrible, and I thought there's something wrong with him. And uh, of course, nothing had been said about it at all. So I did see him a couple of times, but had no conversations with him. No, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, that was sad. You know, the last conversation I really had with him was we had a Christmas party at Wed, and. I had designed the small world clock at Disneyland, <clears throat> and we built a model that actually uh, had the sound effects and the animation exactly of what the clock was going to be built. And so it was a kind of a wild uh, party that night. Everybody, we had an open bar, and everybody was really, you know, it was near Christmas time, and everybody was really having a good time. And... Um, I know Walt came up to me. He had some friends of his with him. He said, Roly, would you run the clock for me? And I said, sure. So we ran. I ran the clock for him a couple of times. So that was probably the last conversation I ever had with him was when he was at a party. And once the party was over with, I think it, it was decided that we wouldn't have any more parties like that because everybody got stoned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had about four or five martinis, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm very happy that I made it home that night. Yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever visit Walt's grave? Oh no, 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 God, no. Well, first of all, we didn't know where it was. Uh, for years, we didn't know where it was, and uh, then I heard through a rumor that it was up in Forest Lawn, and uh, <clears throat> the interesting thing about the rumor was uh, where he's buried up there it just showed the date that he was born it doesn't show the date that he passed away hmm. that was kind of a kind of a strange thing but that, i'm not too sure if that's true or not that is strange wow yeah you were involved in a, a few of the animated features um which of the animated features were you most involved with probably the dalmatians because i was working for eric larson at that time he was one of the nine old men uh, that I was the animators, and so I was working with him. <clears throat> and he always wanted me to learn to animate, and I really didn't want to learn to animate. I loved being an assistant, but I really wasn't wasn't that excited about animating for some reason. It just seemed like a lot of work. But anyway, what happened was <clears throat> he had animated the puppies watching television. That was one scene or sequence there. And uh, we got it back on the movie all and everything. But the puppies that he animated didn't have any spots. <clears throat> so he said, Roland, I want you to do the spots. So I said, what? <laughs> because <laughs> I had to go through and design the different spots that, on, that went on the different puppies. And believe it or not, I ended up doing all the spots. I did the, the 
the, the major spots. I did the breakdowns. I did the in-betweens. I did every spot that needed need to be done on those puppies and i think it took me six months wow to those spots on the puppies and i think that the scene that it was in it probably ran for about a minute, minute and a half. <laughs> yeah wow but, you know, yeah what i learned was that you know when you have spots on a puppy and the puppy moves the spots have got to go with the puppy <laughs> I mean, you know they can't slip and slide on his body so it was a great exercise and that's that's the best piece of animation i ever did huh well, if you think of it this way, without you, it would have been called 101 Golden Retrievers or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's for damn sure. <laughs> now, how did you I get... I know that when I, when I did the puppies, one of the puppies was called Lucky. And so what I did was I put a horse... Uh, the spots were in the shape of a horseshoe on his back. Uh, nice. Uh, so that, that was you, huh? Yeah. And, and how did you get involved in Imagineering? How did I get involved? In Imagineering. Oh, um, well, that's a real long story. Um, I, when I was in animation, I had learned to make little propellers that ran off the air conditioning in my room, and I had probably about 30 different little structures with propellers on them. <clears throat> and this very close friend of mine, T, he said, you know, Rolly, you should have a, an exhibit in the library with your propellers. And I said, oh, because all the artists would sign up for a, a week or two to have a show in the in the library. The library became a little art gallery. So I said, okay. So I went up and I talked to them. They said, yeah, you can you can have a show in about six weeks. And I said, great. So I had made some, I had built some mobiles. I had some kind of beatnik paintings I did. And then, of course, I had all my little propellers <clears throat> along with all my marijuana posters. So I had this little exhibit. The marijuana posters were down the hallway. The propellers were in the main room along with the animation, I mean, with the uh, paintings that I did and also the mobiles. Well, Tita that ran the, the library called me on the phone one day. She said, well, Walt was up here today and saw your exhibit. And I said, wow. Of course, I had never met Walt. This was long, long before I'd ever met him. <clears throat> and I said, well, God, I said, did he, could he sort of enjoy it? She said, oh, yeah. And I said, did he go down the hallway where my dope posters were? <laughs> she said, yes, he did. And I said, well, what did he say? She said, nothing, but he really laughed. So he enjoyed my, my sense of humor, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, because of that, <clears throat> quite a few years later, uh, they were looking for more people to come to work at WED and pulling people from animation department. And so Ward Kimball mentioned to Walt, he says, you know, you ought to get Rolly Crump <clears throat> to come to WED. He says, he's got a lot of imagination. And Walt said, oh, okay. So, well, I'll check and see, because he didn't do who I was. And so he called over, and they had the animation department. And, of course, working for Eric Larson, I, I, and I got along so beautifully, when they asked Eric about if Rolly could come to WED, <clears throat> Eric said, no, he's too... He's too important. Uh, he's got to stay in animation. Well, that was what passed back to Walt. So a few weeks later, uh, Ward Kimball said to Walt, well, did you get a hold of Rolly? He said, no, he's too important in animation. <laughs> and Ward said, no, he's not. Walt, he says, let's go for him again. So they came and they asked me, because prior to that it was to, to Eric Larson, and Eric was in Europe at that time, and they said, do you want to go to WED? And I said, when? <laughs> and they said, Monday, and I said, I'll take it. <laughs> so I felt really terrible about that. But I know that Eric was very much aware of the fact that I, I wanted to get out of animation, and, of course, going to WED was, was a special thing. So he understood it, and everything was turned out okay. 
And w- one of my favorite attractions in Disneyland is the Haunted Mansion. It always has been. And you had a, a part of creating it, sort of, but the Museum of the Weird never quite made it into there. Do you have any pieces from the Museum of the Weird still at your house? Oh, God, I, I got them all over the house. <laughs> <laughs> we have a little hallway up coming up the stairs, and it's devoted to uh, the Museum of the Weird. Oh, nice. All my sketches of, of the uh, uh, gypsy wagon and, and all the different characters that are in there. And then uh, downstairs I have a very large piece of... Uh, so, yeah, no, the little house is filled up with the Museum of the Weird. So the museum still lives? No, 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 no models, no. Okay. Okay. I was when I was a kid, I remember seeing you on I guess it was Wonderful World of Color when Walt is walking around showing the upcoming attractions and he talks to you about the Museum of the Weird. Right. What, what do you remember about filming that? Was it kind of weird being seen by all those people and being on camera? Uh all I can remember was what I told you a little earlier that he was so comfortable to be with on television. He made you relax. In other words, it didn't. You, you didn't tense up because I don't know. It's again when when you were on TV with him, you were just having a conversation with him, mm-hmm. and that's the way he treated it, which I just thought was absolutely beautiful. I do know that they had a monitor of what he was supposed to say on each one of the shows, and kind of you know like cue cards. Only it was a monitor. I remember Walt never stayed with it. <laughs> he, <laughs> he said what he wanted to say. And it was really kind of, in fact, he kind of made it up as he went. Because wow. he, when he came up to me, he said, what are you working on? And it, he said, are you working on the, uh, what is it you're working on? I said, yep. the Museum of the Weird. And he says, what's the Museum of the Weird? And then I went into my little dialogue. Roland, I want you to meet Julie Reams. She is Miss Disneyland Tencennial. This is Roland Crampu for the... How do you do? Project Hello. here is sort of acting as the interior decorator of a, uh, a house of uh, illusion. What do we call the it? Museum of the Weird. Museum of the Weird. Will you tell her about some of these things? Uh, these are going to be uh, collected from all over the world, supposedly, and we're going to have man-eating plants, and we're going to have a coffin clock here that we're working on right now. That was, yeah, I still love watching that. It's, it's on one of the Disney DVDs that I have, and I love that piece of footage. Yeah, I did. I always loved being with him. Uh-huh. You know, it was just something. I don't know. That's what made you feel close to him was because he was so sweet with you when you were doing something like that. And um, I, I thought it was just great, just marvelous. And another one of my favorite attractions is the the Tiki Room. Tell me about your involvement in the Tiki Room. Oh boy. <clears throat> well, that's that can go on forever. Too. <laughs> um, no, what happened was uh, they wanted to do Walt wanted to do a little tea room on Main Street, so his wife could go have a cup of hot tea, and uh, and have also have uh, you know antiques in there and everything. So they asked me to design a little tea rooms, which I did, and I used the theme of clocks. I was going to fill the, the little tea room with all kinds of clocks from around the world. Mm. Well, while I was working on that, that's when they were redoing the Adventureland area. And then they decided that maybe they would do a little restaurant that would be in the Tiki area, I mean, in the, uh, you know, that area, part of the park, because it was an Adventureland area, so it's one of the tie into Adventureland. So uh, they said, let's have a meeting with Walt about that. And then they decided to take the tea room idea and make it into a restaurant uh, for the um, Adventureland area. So 
we were sitting in a meeting with Walt. There was only four or five of us. <clears throat> and uh, we started talking about what we would do if it was going to be a, um, a little, a, a, a team, excuse me, and uh, uh, something that was themed to that area, Adventureland. So they uh, they asked John Hench to do a rendering of what that little restaurant might look like. <clears throat> well, John did, and he brought it back the next week, and in it was with a lot of tiki's and birds in cages and everything. And Walt took one look at it, and he said, John, you got birds in cages in here? And John says, yes. And he said, you can't do that. And John said, why not? And he said, because the birds will poop in the fruit. <laughs> so that's exactly what he said. And John said, no, no, no. He says, they're not real birds. He says, they're stuffed birds. And Walt says, no, Disney doesn't stuff birds. <laughs> so he said, well, no, no, they look like they're stuffed birds. But he says, they're little mechanical birds. And Walt said, oh, little mechanical birds. He says, that sounds interesting. And so by the time we got finished with the meeting, <clears throat> we were talking about the birds might uh, talk to each other from across the room or sing together or whatever. So that little thing just kind of started as a little a little room with birds in it and that would talk to each other a little bit. Well, that was the beginning of it and away we went. So I know that <clears throat> Walt came to me because it's still going to be a restaurant and said, you know, Roland, when people are waiting in line, I want them to be entertained. So he said, I want you to design a lot of tiki's out front there <clears throat> that talk to the audience. So I said, okay. So Hench told me to get a book on the tiki's and the history of the tiki's and the gods of, of the Pacific, which I did. I did a lot of homework, so I got the names of all the gods of the tiki's that the islanders believed in, and I built stories around them. So those are the little tiki stories that are out in front before you go in to have dinner. Aloha, wahini me kionimana. I am Koro, Midnight Dancer. Today my magic feet no move. My head sore, but last night all tiki gods have big time. Sham luau. When drums begin to pound, my head full, big sound. But as it turns out, <clears throat> uh, when we were designing the show and had it completely finished, Walt said, this is too good of a show for a restaurant. He said, we'll just make an attraction out of it. So all of a sudden, overnight, it went from a restaurant to an attraction. Wow. And that's how it came about. And didn't you sculpt a couple of them with a fork? Is that what I heard? Oh, yeah, plastic fork. <laughs> plastic fork, the commissary. That was because I wanted to look at it like it was made from palm fronds. Okay. And so in order to get that that texture, I just took and I would rake the uh, the clay with, with the fork, the plastic fork. Wow. <laughs> All right, Rolly. Um, how do you keep busy these days now that you've retired? And how do you keep busy? Oh, uh, well, we get a lot of mail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people send all kinds of photos that they want me to sign and mail back to them. So I, my people are out there writing to me every day. Oh, that's, it's got to make you feel good, though. Oh, yes, it does. Actually, almost make, some of the letters we get almost make us cry. Oh, nice. That's sweet. You know, yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, I tell you, Disney had this kind of a connection to everybody, and you were a major part of it. So thank you for everything you did. Oh, sure. My pleasure. It was great. 
Now, do you have anything you wanted to promote? Any like your your books or any upcoming events? <clears throat> well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'll I'll talk about the book. It's kind of a cute story because thank God for Marie. It was Marie that talked to me about. It. She said, "Don't you think you should do a book?" And I said, "Oh yeah, that's sort of like a good idea. I always kind of want to do that." So because of Marie, we did the book, and uh, so I can't thank her enough. So that's. That's it. That's the bottom line. Yeah, it's, it's it's a great book. How did you get involved with Jeff Heimbach? Oh, that let Marie explain that to you. She does okay. it better. Well, um, the Internet, obviously, has opened up a whole, you know, line of uh, connection to Rolly. And he was approached by somebody that had a website that did a, an article every week and asked Rolly if he would like to write a column. And um, so Rolly said, well, I won't write it, but I can talk to you, which he did. He would have a phone interview with the guy. The guy would write it, the column. And I think Jeff wrote for that same website. And the fellow um, that ran it had talked to Rolly about doing a book, and then he had some changes come up in his life, and he was moving on. But he, he said to Rolly, would you, you know, would you be interested in talking to Jeff about the possibility of doing a book? So they did, they spoke, and then Jeff came out here and interviewed Rolly for, I don't know, all day, yeah. Stayed with us. On, uh, you know, recorded him for a day, and then um, two years later, yeah. the end result was the book, so. Nice. It took us two years to do the book. Wow. Yeah. Was Jeff of... was living in New Jersey at the time. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, he came out, and we met, and... Uh, yeah, that was it. The interesting thing about the title of the book is kind of a cute story. Uh, when Jeff did did that, I didn't realize that's what he was going to do. And he said, "You know, every time you start to tell a story, you always think, <laughs> well, it's kind of a cute story." Uh-huh. And I had never dawned on me that that's what I'd always say before I tell him a story. <laughs> I think that should be the name of the book, and it was beautiful. I'm that's amazing. About it. Yeah, that's amazing. I know you said it at least once during the interview today, so I I, I kind of <laughs> chuckled when you did. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, Marie Rolly, I'm I'm a huge fan of your work, Rolly. So thank you so much for everything. Oh, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. People always uh, never mind. (laughs) I'm this. I have I have a hearing aid in the other side, and it's ringing bells, (laughs) so it makes it even more awkward. No, um, what was I going to tell him? I forget. (laughs) Sorry, I apologize. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. Well, what happens, you know, when you're deaf, you have to take the hearing aid out of your ear that's through the phone. Uh-huh. And you have to you leave the other hearing aid in the other side so I can hear what Marie said tells me what you ask. And then all of a sudden it gets a mind of its own and it starts whistling, whistling and making noises. So and I'm not kidding you. Not being able to hear very well and wearing hearing aids is just a freaking nightmare. But I kind of work my way through it. It could be worse, Rolly. Could be worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it could be worse. Well, I know it could be worse. All right, guys. Enjoy your Sunday, okay? Oh, thank, uh, thank you, you so very much. much. Great talking with you. Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.